Blog Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sangai Nation, welcome to the show here on another Friday afternoon. Sangai with you as normal, and if you are looking for some professional wrestling in the next few days, you are in luck tonight. WCWO at the Owl Arena in Indianapolis, Indiana. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. Here in our neck of the woods, Metal Mania happening in Portland, Oregon. Tomorrow night, 907 Wrestling in Anchorage, Alaska. You also have a lot of wrestling happening in the Midwest. You have Bunches of shows happening all across, so make sure you get out there, support some local professional wrestling. Uh, Our show up here in my neck of the woods, Northwest Pro, scheduled to have a show at the high school in uh, Chimicum that has been canceled, so no Northwest Pro tomorrow, but there's a ton out there, so get out there and support whatever you have going on in your neck of the woods. I also want to send my thanks to the fine people at Paulcade last week for having me. It was a pleasure to work on Paulcade. We raised a lot of money for both the Humane Society as well as the family of the late Sean Patrick O'Brien. Also, Northwest, uh, excuse me, New Era Wrestling, uh, I was able to swing by there, visit some people I don't get to see too often, help them out with the teardown of the ring. Great to see those people as well. Thanks for the hospitality. But without any further ado, our guest is with us today, and I want to bring him on. He is out of the great state of Michigan, speaking in one of the Midwest hotspots right now. Isaiah Bronner, thank you so much for being on the program today. We appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for having me. I uh, very much appreciate it. Since today is your first time with us, I'm going to lead you off with our traditional first-timer question. What got you into the business of professional wrestling? Um, it was pretty much the first thing I wanted to do. Uh, since, I was a, since I was a kid, I wound up getting, like, sidetracked. Uh, playing football, um, I had a couple workouts with like uh, Canadian football teams and a random football, but I uh, never got past like uh, uh, the open like mini camps and OTAs and stuff because of injuries. So I wound up back uh, well, trying to transition to bodybuilding, and um, a couple people pointed me in the direction of giving professional wrestling a try. So gave it a try. Here I am. Uh, you mentioned having played football and bodybuilding and so forth. Obviously, you have an athletic background. Did you, going into professional wrestling training, have any idea of what to expect as far as the physicality and how hard that would be? Or was it a new type of experience compared to what you'd done before? Um, I knew it was going to be uh, uh, physicality. Um, I was kind of prepared for that. Um, I just didn't know to the extent of uh, different drills and and uh, my conditioning. Um, so that, that's all the adjustment really Everything else was uh, pretty much uh, pretty much was expected from me, uh, just from football and boxing and all that. So it was pretty much expected. Um, just just adjusting this all 
Uh, you yourself, like I said, are out of the Michigan area, and Michigan traditionally has always been a great place for pro wrestling, dating back to the early days of the sport. The original Sheik used to own the territory there in Detroit, and he would run all over the state of Michigan. Uh, legendary names like Bobo Brazil, Classy Freddie Blassie, uh, Art Thomas, guys like that, big stars in the Michigan area. Do you delve into sort of researching the history of wrestling in Michigan, or are you more just kind of in the moment? Uh, no, nah, I uh, definitely um, researched before I got involved, um, before I started training. Um, this is how I am. Like, I'm not just going to jump into something not knowing anything. And, you know, the more I, I dive and research, the more I found out with uh, the original Sheik, uh, DBA, a lot of people coming through Michigan and making a name for themselves. Um, RVD, Sabu started started in Michigan. A lot of people started in Michigan. Rhino, uh, all trained at the House of Truth, where I originally where I originally trained at. So um, I did do my due diligence and research and um, definitely found a lot of gems uh, from the Michigan uh, wrestling history. Uh, you have wrestled quite a bit all over the Midwest. Uh, you've become an in-demand talent. The Midwest oftentimes is looked at as sort of a hotbed of pro wrestling because the way the geography works, there's so many promotions. But independent wrestling in general is red hot right now. You have places like the Florida area, up in New England, California, lots of places have really good wrestling happening. Have you been following other parts of the country and looking at areas that you might want to expand into as your career progresses? Oh, yeah. I'm always looking to travel and uh, get different experiences. Like, um, like I'm open to go anywhere at this point because those are new learning experiences in every different part of the country I've been to or Canada or wherever I've been to, I've learned something and I've taken something away from each each one of them. So, yeah, I'm always looking and always willing to go wherever to, to, to learn, get new opportunities and make the best of them. I'll one of the things that you are uh, going to get a little bit of notoriety for right now is there is a most hated list out of Naptown All Pro, and you are on that list along with Dylan Cole and Nova, Envy Young. When you see lists like that and you're on a list that whether it's for being hated or being beloved, you're part of the upper tier of the company. What goes through your mind when you see lists like that and fan votes and things like that where you're one of the people they can vote for for this? Um, it just means that um, I'm doing the job that I'm doing at that promotion or wherever I'm, do I'm doing a good job at that. Whether it's hate or love, I pre like as long as I get reaction, that's, that's all that matters to me. That means that whatever I'm doing is getting across to the people. They're being entertained and they feel in the way about it. So as long as I get a reaction, I'm happy with that. Um, it, it, it's a blessing. So I'm, I'm just happy to get a reaction, good or bad. I mentioned one of the choices being Dylan Cole. He, of course, is a second-generation star. And in the Midwest especially, it seems like there are a lot of second- and third-generation wrestlers 
in that area, a lot of people follow their fathers and their grandfathers into the sport. From what you see, do you think that the Midwest having so many second and third generation wrestlers in it has been a help to professional wrestling, or do you think that having so many people from the same family in it uh, might be a little bit of a hindrance to it? Um, I think it's a help. I think it's a help because at the end of the day, uh, that, that second and third generation talent that's getting involved, they're they're still looking for help getting into the business. So that knowledge that they may receive from their father, or grandfather, or whoever it is that um, came before them is being shared is being shared um, amongst them. And in some cases, it, it gets passed on to everyone else. So I definitely think it, it, it helps. It helps a whole lot. One of the things that is on a bit of an upswing in professional wrestling in the last couple of years is tag team wrestling. We're seeing a little bit a more resurgence of full-time tag teams. Uh, tag team wrestling has always been sort of an up-and-down thing in wrestling. Sometimes it's a focus industry-wide. Sometimes it's not really focused on very much industry-wide. For your own personal career, do you enjoy doing tag team wrestling, or do you prefer to do singles? Uh, originally, kind of really honestly had a desire to do singles, but as I go on and I started doing tag wrestling, um, I really wanted to get better at tag. Um, I've come to love tag wrestling. Um, Whoever uh, is one of my Death Threat Army um, members or my girl Jocelyn, um, I've come to love it, and uh, I'm glad it's a resurgence of tag wrestling coming back because there's a... um, there's a special dichotomy to it, and it's starting to pop back and become popular again. And it's not—it's it's not as easy as a concept to grasp. If everybody doesn't have the um, the concept of tag team wrestling, it's an actual team concept, and everybody doesn't grasp that. So it's dope for me to have the tag partners I have that fully understand the team aspect and the, the chemistry that goes in so all four people in the ring. You mentioned being trained at the House of Truth. Truth Martini for the larger viewing audience is going to be best remembered more as a manager. And managers are something that over the last 20 years got very de-emphasized at the national level, but we're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence with using managers at that level. Independently, there's always been far more managers uh, than what we've seen nationally, but there's a lot of really great managers in the industry right now. Do you think that we're going to see a time where at the national level, managers are going to make a comeback and we're going to four or five, six managers that are in control of the bulk of the roster at some point or another? Um, It would be nice to see that role come back a little bit more because um, they they did play like a a real big part in – it played a real big part uh, in the time period that there was a big influx of managers, whether it be like in the 80s, early 90s with Bobby Heenan and Slick and or Sherry Martell or, you know, people or it, it, it played a part. I think now because a lot of wrestlers uh, want their own personalities to shine, they kind of shut like shot away from managers, but it'd be dope to see to some effect it come back um, in some form or fashion. 
One of the things that a lot of wrestlers will do in order to stay in the business once their active wrestling days are done is go into a manager role and sort of help along the younger talents and develop them. Looking far down the road, do you think that managing is something that you would want to do coming out of a school that was ran by a manager? Probably not managing, maybe like coaching or something behind the scenes. Um, but yeah, I've never, yeah, I never really thought into down the road being a manager or anything. Maybe just, like I said, behind the scenes or coaching or agenting or something like that. A lot of people also at some point in time or another give thought to running their own promotion, whether it is a full-time company or whether it's just a few benefit shows here and there. A lot of people will at least try their hand in promoting. At this point in your career, have you ever given much thought to running your own show? Nah. Um, <laughs> nah, I, I, I got no... Right now, I got no desire to even to even do that. A lot goes into it. Uh, I work closely with different promotions and seeing how it is on their end, pulling off these shows. Yeah, I, I, had, I don't, I don't see myself doing it. More respect to the promoters that do it, but I have no desire to do that at the moment. Completely understandable. It is not an easy job at all. Not at all. I mentioned at the top of the show last week I was at the Paul Kate event, which is an annual benefit show. And the way professional wrestling is set up and the nature of it, it lends itself to being something that sees a lot of benefit shows happening because it is a great historical proven fundraising venture. A lot of organizations have used it. Uh, you see a lot of promotions run shows to help benefit not only their communities, but if an uh, injured wrestler needs help or something along that line, we'll see benefits pop up. Do you personally get asked to do very many of the benefit shows? Um, I've done a, I've done a couple. Um, I've had to miss a couple due to injuries. Uh, it's pretty much hit and miss. Um, I've been asked to do some. I've volunteered to do a couple, but um, you know, depending on like my booking and uh, my. Um, calendar, my booking calendar, if I'm available, most times I was like, especially if it's somebody that's close to me, I'll just volunteer to do it in some form of fashion, uh, just to pay my respects and help best as I can. A professional wrestling, besides being something that can benefit uh, with fundraising and things like that, it is a sport that lends itself to going anywhere. It's a very mobile uh, sport. You can pretty much run a show wherever a ring will fit, and if a promoter thinks that a ring will fit somewhere, they will likely try to run that show. I've seen events anywhere from bars to comedy clubs to parking lots, you name it, and a wrestling ring has likely been there at some point. What would you say at this point has been the strangest place where you've wrestled? Um, wrestled in a barn before. Um, in West Virginia. Um, last year. So that's 
right now that that's probably like number one. Well, a literal barn where like horses would live. Yeah. It's a big barn. Um, There's a lot of space, uh, but yeah, barn, big barn in West, in the middle of like nowhere in West West Virginia. So yeah, that's 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 number one for me right now. On the flip side of it, most wrestlers have a venue that for whatever reason, becomes their favorite spot to wrestle, whether it is the aesthetics of the arena or the crowd that normally goes there or because of the acoustics of it or because of the location. Whatever the reason, there's usually that one that stands out to most wrestlers as being their favorite. Do you have that one favorite venue where you go? Oh yeah, um, AIW was running out of the Odeon. Um, that had a whole different vibe to it. Um, it was uh, downtown Cleveland. Yeah, like they, um, our last show there was last summer for J-Lit. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I really wish we could have kept that venue or kept running out of there. That's like, that's a dope venue. Like, it, it's nothing like the atmosphere in the audience. Oh, in addition to wrestling here in the United States, wrestling has been red hot at the independent level internationally over the last few years. We've seen lots of promotions pop up all over Europe and adopt more of an American style to them. Japan open up to independent wrestling more than it ever has over the last few years. South America has opened up some to independent pro wrestling. Is there anywhere internationally that would most have your attention if an opportunity to go there presented itself? Uh, Japan. Um, yeah, Japan, uh, the UK. But Japan is number one for me. Um, like I uh, since getting into it like the more I've studied um, uh, wrestling in Japan just the culture of Japan in general like I definitely really 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 trying to manifest uh, a tour or two over in Japan myself that's number one Currently in Japan is Madman Pondo on his 23rd tour of the country. Uh, He is someone that is a staple in the Midwest and wrestles all over the Midwest as well as going out other areas of the United States and doing the still occasional tour of Japan. Have you come across... And man, Pondo very much in your career. Oh yeah, um, he's pretty much a staple in Michigan. Um, like the last uh, last couple of years that I've been there, um, I was on a show with him for uh, uh, a Juggalo show with him last October in Detroit. Um, I saw him that last summer at the AIW. Um, at an AIW show, so I, I see him at least a couple times a year. He's a good dude, real, real good dude, so that's my guy. For the people that are familiar with Pondo, he is very much different than what you would expect just if you were to watch footage of him in matches, especially some of the hardcore matches that he's done over his career. Very, very different person. That is true of a lot of wrestlers uh, when you watch their matches compared to their actual true personality. Who would you say that you have met that is the most different from what you would expect just looking at their matches to what you actually get? Um, 
pretty much got guys like Fondo. Um, everybody's been like pretty down to earth. So I, I, I pretty much say uh, mostly everybody I've come across. Um, my North Suzuki was a real nice guy, real down to earth, um, outside of the ring. Um, real, real nice guy, I should say. Um, so pretty much everybody I've come across so far has been real cool. Regardless of how their in-ring style is, everybody's been real cool. Also, in wrestling, a lot of times a guy will be trained by someone and you expect a certain style out of them based on that trainer. But in reality, you get a completely different style of wrestling that you wouldn't necessarily associate at all with who trained them. Who would you say has that style that has most shocked you based on knowing who trained the individual? Um, I can't, I haven't really, not anybody surprised me because usually starting off, uh, guys are usually trying to um, find their way in the ring, and now, like, work, like, getting to work different guys across the country, I'm not too much familiar with who trained who, so um, everybody's style is a little different, so I'm not really, I guess, I'm not really surprised, I'm not really aware of who, who trained who at the moment, that makes sense. It does, for sure. One of the things that a lot of wrestlers at some point in time in their career like to do is they will experiment a little bit with different styles, uh, just kind of change things up a little bit. There are so many different wrestling styles out there now that are popular with the fans. You see Lucha Libre. You see the British style, which is more mat-based. You see the Japanese style, which is much more physical. You see the mission style. You see the technical wrestling style. You see high-flying. Is there a style of wrestling out there that you don't necessarily do on a regular basis that you would most like to try to do for a few matches just to be able to do it? Um, probably like more technical wrestling. Um, I really enjoy the aspect uh, of technical wrestling and the grappling. Um, I don't do it as often. Um, just pretty much, I pretty much depends on who I'm wrestling and like I'll switch up. I'll try for the majority to switch up to um, to match with my, my uh, opponent um, very well. But yeah, if, uh, more technical, more mat based wrestling. That'd be dope. Um, it just all depends on the situation I'm in and the opponent. Oh, like we said, you're out of the Michigan area and for the fans that are familiar with geography that is right next to Canada which also has a very long storied history with professional wrestling you venture up into Canada at all at this point yeah yeah I've been there um, the company C4 um, I've been able to work up there like um, since late last year um, in Ottawa. Like the, the crowd is amazing, like, the promotion is like amazing. Um, nothing but good things with them. Um, it's a lot of great talent up there in the, uh, in that area, just in Canada in general. I'm hoping soon to get out to a couple more promotions. Uh, up in Canada, just uh, pretty much just waiting on the right time, whatever, to get out there, make it happen. 
uh, right now in the national scene, uh, wrestling fans are very lucky because there's probably more national wrestling out there than ever before that I can think of. You have WOW Women of Wrestling that's nationally syndicated. You have AEW Ring of Honor looking to make a comeback on national TV. Impact Wrestling on Access TV. New Japan Pro Wrestling is on Access TV every week. WWE, of course, every week on national TV. Do you think that the health of a national wrestling scene is the independent scene or do you think that independent wrestling thrives or is in a lull based on what it is doing rather than being tied in with what we see at the national companies um, I think that the, the indie scene is, is influencing the, the national scene a lot um a lot of the matches, a lot of the wrestlers um, are getting opportunities based off of what they've they've, they've been doing on the indie um, on the indie scene. Um, the national scene is going to be what it is, happening. but you see a lot more of the imprint from the indies starting to be planted um, on the national scene, whether it's WWE or AEW or, or Impact or wherever. Um, you see a little bit, a little bit more as the time progresses. Seeing a little bit more and more of the indie scenes in, uh, in those uh, companies. One of the national touring acts that isn't televised necessarily, but it is going all across the country in Canada, is the Midget Warriors wrestling promotion. Midget wrestling is something that a few generations ago was a staple in professional wrestling on most shows. They were brought in more as a novelty act to help with the main show. In more recent times, you don't see midget wrestling very often on your standard show, and they're usually confined to their own all midget companies. Do you think that at some point we're going to see a resurgence of midget wrestling in the mainstream promotions, or do you think that the way we've progressed not only as a wrestling industry, but as a society, this is going to be the way it is for midget wrestling? Um, that I'm not too much sure. Um, I'm not really... Uh, I'm not too sure on that one. That's something I would have to like look more into. Like, I don't, uh, yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable giving a definite answer on this one because I'm not too, not too knowledgeable of what the scene is today compared to years ago or anything. So I, I'm just gonna reserve, reserve uh, a prediction and just wait to see how it plays out. No worries. Yeah, that's perfectly understandable. One of the other aspects in pro wrestling that used to be a novelty or a niche part of wrestling is women's wrestling, but we have seen a really high uptick in popularity in women's wrestling over the last five or six years to where now women have main event at WrestleMania and no one really thought anything of it. It used to be where women were confined to one match on a show and that would be that for women's wrestling. Now you might see two, three, four women's matches on a standard show. What do you think of the rise in popularity and acceptance of women's wrestling in our industry over the last few years? Um, it's dope to see. I'm glad that the women are getting more of a platform to showcase their talents. Um, 
a lot of uh, talented women on the scene within the, the, the major companies, and it, it's, it's it's awesome to see them get a showcase and a platform to showcase their talents now. Um, so you uh, so used to um, being far and few in between between seeing women's wrestling, like you said, maybe one match, and if they did have a match, it'd be two or three minutes tops. Now they're getting more time, and they're getting time to shine, and so they're just as talented as, as the male counterpart, um, whether that's on the Indies, people like Jocelyn Navarro or Trisha Dora, um, Willow, or on the uh, on a bigger scale, on the major companies like Bianca Belair or um, yeah, Willow, Bianca, uh, Mercedes Monet, all those showcases very very talented uh, women. I'm happy to see it, and hopefully it continues to progress where it becomes just a normal thing where we're not looking at it as uh, women's wrestling. They're just, they're just going for what they uh, what they want to show. Uh, speaking of Mercedes Monet, she is the New Japan Women's Champion. Uh, she appeared just last night on New Japan's TV show. She, since leaving WWE, helped sell out a show just based on her match being announced alone in the United States for New Japan. It was a massive uh, recognition of her ball that she sold out just for the announcement of her match. Do you think that there's anyone out there today that would have their match announced and sell out a 5,000 seat arena like that? Um, that's dope. Like, um, I'm glad that she's she has power. Uh, she's definitely earned it. Um, there's, a, uh, there's a few people obviously that, that would be able to do that or sell out shows. This is all a matter of people getting the opportunity to showcase why they would sell out. Um, uh, obviously, if people like Roman Reigns or somebody else, uh, the, the clear-cut answers, uh, Bianca, Belair, Roman, Charlotte Flair, um, MJF, um, all those people could, uh, Moxley, all those guys could, like, Sell out a show easily. Kenny Omega definitely could happen. Another aspect in professional wrestling that is sort of up and down in terms of popularity and acceptance with the fans is hardcore wrestling. It's always been a niche part of the wrestling audience. Uh, we see promotions that do nothing but hardcore matches or they'll have the annual hardcore tournament attached to it. Other promotions shy away from doing hardcore at all. A lot of wrestlers are either completely for hardcore or completely against hardcore as far as their own personal careers. Where do you sit on the subject of hardcore wrestling? Um, it, this is a common thing. Um, it has a, it has its place um, in the wrestling scene. Um, it's, it's as popular. Um, obviously, hardcore and death matches. They, uh, you know, so it's definitely a thing. Um, a lot of promotions getting into um, that hardcore death match. Um, I've did, I've done one death match. Um, with my uh, my guy Tommy Vendetta, um, it's not for me. Like it, I enjoyed the match, but it's not something personally I would want to do on a continued basis. Much respect to those that do it on a weekly basis, uh, weekly basis, because they're definitely giving a lot of their body for that genre of wrestling. So I mean, it, it's definitely out here. It's, 
more and more, you'll see more and more promotions and companies pop up for hardcore deathmatch. So it's definitely a demographic for it. One of the hot topics in professional wrestling over the last several years has been blood in wrestling. It doesn't have to be hardcore matches necessarily that see blood involved, but because we've learned from medical science more about bloodborne pathogens and sanitation that's needed and so forth and so on, some people have shied away from being involved if there's blood on shows at all. Some people will use blood and wrestling sporadically. Some people will bleed every single match they do. There's a wide gamut on feelings as far as blood as it relates to wrestling in 2023. What's your stance when it comes to having blood on shows and in your specific match? Um, I don't mind it. it, it that's, that's one of those things where it's a, um, that's a personal preference between people. Um, not everybody's for it. Not everybody's with it. So it's, you know, it, I, I don't mind it. Um, yeah, I don't mind. I grew up watching it. Um, as long as everybody's healthy and smart about it, I don't mind it. But promotion. And, Who's the audience? That obviously, if you're gonna do a benefit show or a, a PG-13 show, I would think that you, most promotions, would shy away from that 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 side of wrestling because of the target audience. Do you have a adult, more adult-based uh, promotions that you'll see it as? So it's just personal preference type thing. I don't mind it. Um, I don't mind it in my match. Uh, I, uh, I trust the guys that I'm working for and with. So. Not a big deal for me. We mentioned a while ago about the uh, NAP Awards for this year and you being on the list for the most hated one of the people in that same category, Dylan Cole, has been wondering how he got on that list for being the most hated. Do you have an answer for young Dylan Cole, how he could have been put on that very list for being the most hated man at Naptown? I have no clue. Um, just the fan base, whatever he's doing, fans don't like trying to be loved, you got to switch it up. And if he he's looking to embrace the hate, keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Fair enough. One of the things that a lot of places have for professional wrestling is a commission. And dating back to the earliest days of pro wrestling, it's something where it's not a uniform thing across the board. Every state is different as far as if they have a commission or they don't, what rules commission regulates and what they don't, requirements, uh, what type of physicals and blood work go into getting a license, if any. You, in your own career, run into a lot of the state athletic commissions? Um, I think the only state that I've come into contact that have one is Missouri and Kentucky. Um, that's really no, uh, I really didn't have any issues with it. You know, just filled out the paperwork and went about my business. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't think it was as many uh, left, but, you know, they're still out there. So, eh, it's one of those things. It's, it doesn't it doesn't affect me like 
the slightest, so I really don't pay that much mind anymore. As we delve deeper into 2023, we're getting pretty close to the part of the year where wrestling shows start being held outside. Uh, a lot of promotions, especially in states where there's a limited window in good weather, will run outdoor venues, whether it's at parks or fairgrounds or what have you where they have access to outside venues. It presents a different set of problems for running a show than if you run your standard side venue. Do you enjoy wrestling outdoors? Um, I don't mind it. Uh, I don't mind it. I, I would prefer more inside just because of the heat. And, um, yeah, he can be in a house with the bugs. So. If I had a preference, it'd be indoors more so. But if I got to wrestle outside, you know, I, I ain't going to lose too much sleep over doing it. The part of professional wrestling that everyone accepts when they get into it is. Sooner or later, you're going to have an injury or two. Some of them are major injuries. A lot of them more minor nagging type of injuries. But we all accept that that's part of the business and it'll happen eventually. What are some of the injuries that you may have had so far that you've had to overcome? Uh, I'm currently rehabbing a torn calf muscle um, that occurred in the middle of a match last month at AIW with uh, Matt Justice, Josh Bishop, and Matt Cardona. So I'm, pre- I'm rehabbing that. Um, I've ruptured my right Achilles twice. Um, I fractured, had a fracture in my left ankle. Uh, bicep, the bicep tear, tear in my labrum. Um, torn rotator cuff. Um, a couple of broken fingers. Uh, a couple of concussions. Um, but for the, for the most part, besides the um, this calf there and my the torn Achilles, I've worked through every injury. Um, I wrestled like almost. I wrestled almost a year um, while rehabbing the torn Achilles. So um, if I can walk nine times out of ten, I wrestle. It's just not. It's not really into. I got a high pain uh, pain tolerance, and I'm just not into like into that big into missing shows. If I can walk, if I can make it happen, I'm going to be there, injured or not. Um, I'll just either work around it or, like I said, I got a high pain tolerance, so I'll just work through it. Well, we're coming down to the end of the program today, and I want to make sure there is ample time for you to say anything that you would want to say to the listeners, plug and promote, absolutely anything and all you would like, upcoming shows, merchandise, social medias, your favorite grocery store, anything and all you want, floor is yours. Um, tomorrow, Akron, Ohio, um, I won't be wrestling, the rehab and the injury, but AIW, um, we have a show called Damn. Uh, WWE Hall of Famer Ryan Simmons will be there. Beat and greet, autographs. It's going to be a dope show. Um, Matt Cardona will be defending the AIW title against Josh Bishop. As uh, a four-way, four-way match for the intense title, Derek Dillinger, Chase Oliver, John Mason, and Filthy Tom Waller. Um, Fred Rozier, 
from New Japan Pro. We'll be taking on Dominique Marini. Um, our tag champions, the Bitcoin Boys, have an open challenge. Um, so that's going to be a dope show up in the Akron area around 7 o'clock. Come on out. Limited tickets remain. If you can't catch us, catch us on Fight TV. Follow AIW on all social media. Naptown All Pro. Um, done amazing things. Just getting the doors kicked off on that. Black Label Pro, every promotion that's booked me and showed me love. Black Label Pro, C4, Mr. Chainsaw, um, Pele Pro Wrestling in Texas. Any and everybody, any every promotion that I may have left off, there's other podcasts that have me on that continue to show love. We love wrestling. Um, Big Trey. Marks with Mike's. Too many people to name. If you look for merch, I'm on Pro Wrestling Tees. Search Isaiah Broner, Death Red Army. Also follow my girl Jocelyn Navarro. Um, we got new merch out. Um, Death Threat Army. But, uh, my brothers, you can look them up online. Jack Price just signed to Impact Wrestling. Aaron O'Ryan, Adam Wick, um, Tommy Vendetta, KJ Reynolds. Um, that's about it. Catch me on social media, Isaiah Broner. Appreciate the time. I thank you so much for having me on your podcast and giving me the time to uh, uh, express my thoughts on your podcast. Well, it's absolutely a pleasure having you. We would love to have you back. And I want to wish you best of luck in rehabbing the injury. I know a calf injury is a painful one, so hopefully you come back better than ever, and we look forward to following your career. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. All right, fans, definitely. If you see that Isaiah is going to be on a show near you, go buy yourself a ticket. He's really, really good at what he does. You're going to enjoy him if you go out and watch. Follow him on the social medias. We are going to be back with you Sunday afternoon. We will be joined by C.J. Thigpen. And then next week, of course, we will be right back here as well. So make sure you have plans to be with us. Everybody stay safe out there. Continue to support your local independent wrestling wherever it may be. And we will talk to you soon.